Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to be kind of tearing apart an Upwork profile that I was sent. So I had got this comment from YouTube asking me to take a look. I actually get these quite a bit, but asked me to take a look at their Upwork profile and whether it was in line with the advice that I've been giving or not. And I wanted to to walk... (laughs) to walk through this a little bit and show you really to highlight some of the common mistakes I think people make when, when doing their profile. So we're going to go ahead and kind of tear this apart. So I'm just going to start from the top and and then we'll go, go through this. Now, before I do that, this is actually something that I'm going to start doing exclusively for Patreon supporters. So if you're someone who wants to have me take a look at your profile and kind of take take it apart like this and show you what you could do better, then you can become a supporting listener of the show at johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon, submit your profile to me, and then I will take a look and, and do that for you. So, But I thought I would give you here on YouTube a little treat today and, and go through one of these. So let's start at the very top and start with the title. So the title says front-end developer pipe or slash PSD to HTML expert and responsive design. Now, right off the bat, we're already getting kind of outside of what I would recommend. My my question would be, again, and I'm, I'm trying to take the client's perspective here. My question would be, which is it, right? Nobody's going to believe that you're an expert in all of these different things, right? Nobody believes that you can be a dentist, and you can also be an orthopedic surgeon, right? There's probably somebody out there in the world that is both, but you don't, that's not a common thing. And if you were to come to me and tell me that you were both of those things, I would be like, okay, let me see your certificate. I need some proof. You'd have to provide overwhelming proof that you're an expert in those things. If you don't have that, then you're putting yourself in a very bad position from the very start to try and make it believable that you're an expert in all these different things. Now, I know why people do this. They do it because they want to appeal to all of these different markets. So you want to appeal to someone looking for a front-end developer. If you do a search for front-end developer on Upwork, you're going to find tons and tons of jobs, probably hundreds or thousands. Same with PSD to HTML, same with the responsive time. So you're you're trying to appeal to all of those different markets. And that fundamentally is the wrong approach. That's the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to Upwork is trying to appeal to a bunch of different markets. What you need to do is appeal to one and position yourself as an expert at one. So you should pick one of these, front-end developer, PSD to HTML, responsive design. Now I get, for us, skill set wise they're all pretty related. But for a client who is coming to this and saying, I want a responsive design, they don't care about the, they don't understand all of that. They don't care about the PSD days. They don't care about the front end. They care about someone who can do responsive design. And when you position yourself as an expert in that one thing, you look different than all of the other developers out there who have this exact same heading here. So again, you want to pick one of these and say you're an expert in that one. And you don't just want to say PSD to HTML expert. You want to give some sort of, you know, some sort of credibility or proof to that 
or you, you want to add more to that. So my, my title doesn't say uh, wishlist member developer. You know, it's, it says I specialize in building wishlist member sites. Uh, at one time, it was a former certified developer specializing in wishlist member sites. Now, people who know know what the no wishlist member know what the certified developer program is so that meant something to them but you want to give them something you don't just want to say psd to html expert like people that doesn't it doesn't have any persuasiveness to it okay so again pick one and then actually talk to people like a human being don't just put psd to html expert it's just it doesn't mean anything to anybody all right moving down going to the the tags, it's the same thing. Again, the tags have to do with where you're going to show up in searches and so forth. So again, we have PSD to HTML, HTML5, CSS3. Those actually could make sense because of that's actually highly related to this. But we have responsive web design. We have Twitter bootstrap, WordPress, jQuery, front-end development, JavaScript. I mean, a lot of this stuff is not necessarily highly related to what you do. It may be you're the the one that does this and on a regular basis, so maybe you use a lot of this stuff. But you really want to focus in on the things that are highly, highly related to your specialty because you want to focus on showing up for those specific things, and nothing else matters. So, to me, PSD to HTML and PSD to WordPress are probably the two biggest ones that you would want to have on there. The rest, to me, is just it's kind of irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. Again, this is we're, we're taking the assumption that you're you're specializing in PSD to HTML. Okay, so again, pick a specialty, focus only on that specialty, and stop trying to appeal to a bunch of different markets. It sounds counterintuitive, like, well, I'm opening myself up to more work. Yes, but you're having less of an appeal to each one of those markets, and there's plenty of work in each one of these. If you have a high appeal, you'll get all the work that you can handle. I'll show you that here in just a minute. All right, so if we then move on down to the overview. So it says, I am a professional, self-directed, and motivated front-end developer. The only reason you're on my profile is that you need expertise, my expertise to convert PSD to HTML, make a landing page, anything related to HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. I'm here to provide you with high-quality, handwritten HTML, CSS, JavaScript, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I would guess that almost every other developer or freelancer on Upwork or on the planet has an overview that is very similar to this. This is the classic case of the mistake that people make. Okay. So HTML I'm here to provide you with high-quality handwritten HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. I'm turning designs into pixel-perfect W3C-compliant SEO-friendly code. That's. I get that some people, some clients out there understand that stuff and probably look for that stuff, but I would say the majority of clients is just jargon. Right? They, they, they kind of get what it means, but it doesn't really matter to them. That's not what they care about. Okay, so... and. and I'm a professional, self-directed, and motivated front-end developer. What developer on Upwork trying to sell their services isn't? Right? It's just it's the same thing everybody else is saying. It includes a ton of jar jargon, and it's focusing on languages, not really the end result. Okay, there's not a lot of talk about what is the end result that you provide. What is the experience 
that you provide. You do get into pixel perfect W3C compliant SEO friendly code, but that's a pretty complicated <laughs> sentence full of jargon to get through. And it's buried and down on, you know, line six or seven there, whatever that is. So again, you, know, the, you want to really focus on kind of the end result. And then look, we have this long list here. You'll get perfect end result on time and you'll definitely be satisfied with it. Again, what, what developer or freelancer on Upwork isn't saying that same thing. All right. So uh, there's, I think we can look at this and see why this is a problem. It's full of jargon. It focuses on languages. It's boring. And it's a, probably the same thing that every other developer that does this kind of thing has something similar to. And so if you're the client, when you're looking at 10 different profiles, they all say the same thing. Well, which one do I go with? Like, I don't know. So it doesn't, help you in any way when you you look just like everybody else. So what should you do instead? The very first most important thing that you need to do in your overview is establish credibility somehow. Now, I know for some of you, this is going to be difficult, but you need to scratch and claw and fight and think and be creative and do everything that you can to establish some sort of credibility in your overview right off the bat. So when I was on Upwork more and I was selling my wishlist member services, so build, building membership sites using WordPress and wishlist member, the very first line of my profile was I, I was the instructor for the certified wishlist member certified developers program. Okay. That, that line right there says a ton. What it means is, again, people in that market who have Wishes member tend to know what the Certified Developers Program is, and it was a program where we would, the, the company essentially would certify other developers to build Wishes member sites, okay? I, I was the instructor for that, so I was the instructor for the Wishes member Certified Developers Program, and I would follow it up with what that means is all of the developers who have been certified to install wishlist member sites, I was the one that taught them. Now that establishes a ton of credibility right off the bat. Then I would go in and write up and follow up with that and, and say, I've been fortunate enough to work with, you know, some very well-known clients, including you know, Michael Hyatt, you know, Inc. Magazine, Lewis House. I would just kind of, it was almost a who's who in that particular market of clients that I would have. Again, just just hammering them with credibility. Now, a lot of people have a problem doing this. They feel like they're bragging. You have to bra <laughs> you have to show them that you you know what you're doing, okay? It, you have and it, it it has to be not just, "Hey, I'm really good." You notice I'm not saying I'm really good at XYZ. I'm saying this is what I've done. So I'm pointing to actual things that I've done as proof that I know what the hell I'm doing. Okay, so you have to start off establishing some sort of credibility. I had a ton that I could leverage in that particular market, which is why pretty much any job that I bid on when I was on Upwork and bid on a wishlist member, I got the job. Like there was, it was almost never that I didn't get the job. Most of the time it was just because if I didn't get it, it was because I just charged way more than they were willing to pay. I mean, I was charging $100 an hour. And some people were trying to pay 10. So it was just not even compatible. But 
most of the like real clients on here, I got them. And it was just because I had so much credibility. So you have to do that right off the bat. That's the number one thing you have to do. If you do that, everything else is kind of a sideshow because that's the thing that matters to the client. The whole thing about all of this when they're evaluating your, uh, your profile here is it's all about trust. It's all about credibility. They want someone that they can rely on. And how do they find out if you're someone they can rely on? Well, the fact that I taught that course, the fact that I've worked with these big name clients and those people trust me goes a long way towards them believing that I'm someone they can trust. So again, establish credibility. Now, for those of you that are watching this, like, okay, what do I do? Right? How do I, how do I establish credibility? Like maybe I'm, I'm fresh out of college or I'm just learning this stuff. I have no big name clients. I haven't taught any courses. Like how do I establish credibility? Let me show you something that you can leverage that because so few developers out there are doing this, what I'm talking about here and establishing credibility, so few are doing it, just something small like this can be the difference. So if we come over here to my profile, you'll see under tests here, it says ODES readiness test for independent contractors and staffing managers, second place. And then marketing methods and techniques test top 10%. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's a thousand or a hundred thousand people who all got second place on this test. I mean, I did score a five out of five. So uh, I'm sure there's tons of people that scored a five out of five on that. But how many of them are mentioning it on their profile? Probably none because they don't think it matters. But if you have no other credibility, then having some sort of credibility is going is going to be better than nothing like uh, Gary V always says one is better than zero so if you have a test on here let's say this marketing methods and technique test you know if i if i were to put that on my profile i could say something like i'm in the i'm in the top 10% uh or i scored in the top 10% on the on upworks marketing methods and tech te techniques test which means when it comes to marketing methods and techniques, I know what I'm talking about and I'm in the top 10%. So really the cream of the crop here on the freelancers you're going to find here on Upwork. I also got scored second place on ODES readiness test, which means when I say I'm reliable, which is a test that, you know, tests for how reliable and well you communicate and so forth. So when I say I'm reliable, I'm not just making that up. I've actually been tested for that. Now, again, you and I know that you could take the test and pass it and still be a dirtbag, right? Or that you could take the marketing methods and techniques test and still not know what the hell you're talking about. That's possible, but you need to leverage every ounce of credibility that you can. And so if you have nothing else, something silly and simple like this could be that small thing that's a difference. You've added just some sort of credibility. Or maybe it's you went to college and you had a 4.0. That's better than nothing. You know, whatever, or you, you worked somewhere and you won some obscure award at your, at your job that's somehow related to either being reliable or to whatever it is you're doing. Something, whatever it is, you can use that to provide credibility for what it is that you're doing. So again, establish credibility. All right, the second thing then is, and I think you should, the second paragraph, the first paragraph is about credibility. The second paragraph then you should literally start with these words. 
I specialize in. So you say exactly what you specialize in. I specialize in, and I, when I did wishlist member sites, I would say, I specialize in, and this is a very specific, building new WordPress and wishlist member sites. Right? It was something along those lines. So it was very specific because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in uh, existing sites and doing management and maintenance. That's not really what I enjoy doing. There's also less money in that. <laughs> it, it's it's more annoying, harder work, and it's less rewarding. So I didn't really want to do that. I did take some of those clients, but I didn't. It wasn't my ideal. So I stated my ideal: building new sites, building them from scratch. That's what I wanted to do. So just say exactly. It doesn't have to be this fancy. Arts. It could for here. It could be, I specialize in converting, you know, PSDs, Photoshop designs into, you know, HTML or into WordPress themes or into mobile responsive websites, etc. Whatever it is, that's what I specialize in doing. Okay. Next is you want to start qualifying them. So you want to say the the next two are basically who I work with, who I don't work with. Okay. So. For example, uh, in the video that I did for my services page, I would say, you know, I work with people who I'll work on basically WordPress projects and very in specifically people looking to build membership sites with wishlist member. You know, those are the people that I work with, people that are reasonable, easy to work with. I won't work on just general PHP projects and, you know, I won't work on just random other stuff. That's the type of stuff that I won't do. What you're doing is a, if you've done the, your job in establishing your credibility, what's happened in their mind is now they're like, oh, wow, this could be the perfect person for for what I need. Then when you get into qualifying them, what happens is that that goes from this could be the perfect person. It goes from that to, oh, my gosh, I, ooh, I wonder if they'll actually work with me like they have standards. Oh, my God, they're not going to just take any old client. So they'll start to get a little uncertain about whether you're going to take them. That puts you in the power position. I don't know how many times I had someone uh, email me about a project and say, hey, this is my project. I don't know if you'll take it. I'm really hoping you will. I know that it, maybe it's not exactly this or not exactly that, blah, blah, blah. But hopefully you'll take a look at it I, all the time because of the way that I would qualify them in my video, my overview, etc. So you want to do that. A, it puts you in the power position. <laughs> B, you can kind of filter through the stuff that you don't want to do, right? Just get it out of there. Like, I don't do this stuff. And then when someone emails you and says, hey, will you do this thing? And you've said you don't do it. It's really easy to be like, well, yeah, I don't I do not do that. I, I said I don't do that. I Man, I don't do that. So it makes that particular part of this whole process a lot easier. So who you work with, who you don't work with. The next is how it works. So one of the things that they're going to be nervous about if they decide that they want to hire you is, well, the clients are always just nervous about this. Like, how does the whole, pro I always got asked this, how does the whole process work? Like, do we get on a call? Do I, do I send you a design? Do I, do I install the site and then you do this? Like, how does it work? So you just explain how it works, whatever that is. You know, you send me a PSD, I'll, you know, convert it to HTML on my own server so you can look at it and see it and mess around with it. And then once you're satisfied, you can send me the payment and I'll send you the PSD. Whatever, however that works. 
but you want to outline, you want to give them a preview, preview of the process of working with you to overcome that fear. Okay. Next is payment terms. So you want to make sure this is straight up front so that there's no questions about it before they even email you or try to hire you. It's clear up front on your, on your page. Now, Upwork in particular kind of has a process for doing that. So you have to deal with what their process is. But if you're out on your own, then you can cut, do your own terms. I always did 10% before I start working on anything. Then once I was done building it on my own servers and they looked at it and they were happy with it, they'd give me six, the next 60% for me to transfer it over then to their servers. Once I transferred over to their servers, they would give me the last and set it all up and they were all satisfied. They'd give me the last 30%. I was just to cover me, A, so I only got serious clients who were willing to do the 10% down payment. B, by the time they ever got code from me, I had 70% 70 of the payment. So if they screwed me at that point, I wasn't out the whole thing. Okay, so uh, that's the way that I did it. I recommend something similar to that. Again, Upwork will have its own thing. Just follow that. But you want to you wanna outline whatever those payment terms are. And then the last thing is how to get started. So ask for the sale. The this is I did sales for a number of years and the the number one reason why people don't buy stuff from a salesperson is because the salesperson doesn't ask them for the sale. So uh you don't want to say something like feel free to contact me anytime or thanks for checking my profile, etc. You want to say if you're ready to get started, then here's what you need to do. Go click you know this button fill this out, I'll get that email and then we'll we'll talk or whatever. Right? Whatever the process is, say go do this. Right? Don't just kind of leave it open because then you're not actually forcing them to mentally to make a decision. And that's what you want to do. You want to put them in that situation where they need to make a decision. All right, so I know that's a lot there, but this overview part is really really important. It's the kind of the main part that people are going to read. And it, it can really help you to push people over the top to to invite you to their project or to, to hire you. So again, I would scrap everything that's here and go through the things that I just outlined. All right, next, uh, the, work the work history here is actually really good, but we're going to skip by that because there's not a ton that you can do about that because you have the job other than take the jobs that are you get so and do a good job for people. But I've harped on that a ton. Next is the portfolio. So the the big problem here is that there just needs to be more. So this is PASD to HTML for LearnX, responsive HTML to WordPress based on wireframe. That's all good in terms of being related to something specific, but there's only two items in here. So it would be better, this is one of the cases, I've talked about this before, where people don't look through hundreds and hundreds of portfolio items, they don't. but when they look at this and they see two, that seems a little empty. Seems like you're new. Seems like you know you haven't done a ton of this. So you want to have a bunch of of portfolio items here. Like I would say ten. That would be a good number. They're not going to look at all of them, but they're going to see ten, and it's just going to look like you have more experience. They're just it's going to feel like you're a more seasoned programmer, even if you're not. So again, it, that, that's just the impression it leaves which is huge because people just kind of skim through this stuff. So 
and and you want them all related to PSD to HTML. So the the big question people always have is, well, how do I do that? Like I can't get clients without a portfolio, but I can't have a portfolio without clients. That's not true because you can fill this portfolio. And I've talked about this a ton. You can take PSDs. Maybe you go find some PSDs on the web that are available and you can convert them, go through the process of converting them to HTML like you would, and then put those in your portfolio to show people. You don't have to have done them for anybody. You're just showing people what you can do. That's the whole point of the portfolio. So put those in there. Then as you get clients, then you can replace the ones that you put in there just for your own own sake with the ones that you did for clients. But you definitely want this to look more full. Right now this just looks like, oh, he's on two. You know, they look fine, but that doesn't seem like someone who's really experienced. And then it really contrasts with if you say you're an expert, but you only have two items in your portfolio. Now I feel like you're lying. And so everything you just told me in your overview, I don't believe because now I feel like you're lying. Okay. So you have to, all of this, the big word through all of this is congruence. Okay. It all needs to be congruent with what you're saying. So again, more in your portfolio, uh, down to the tests. I think at this point, I think people, some people do look at tests, but we're starting to get to the part of this where a lot of this doesn't get looked at as much. The one comment that I have here is sometimes it would be better not to show, like I've taken tests and not done well on them the first time. I don't show them on my profile, right? This PHP test 3.15. I know you're not building PHP sites for people, but it just doesn't look good. It's not a good look. Right, even these 3.9s, 3.75, 3.9. I mean, I've, some of this you may have to put on here, but I know a lot of these you can actually not show. You'd be better off showing the English spelling test UK version with a 4.9 than this English test or the Bootstrap 3.75. Like, if you're claiming you're an expert in mobile responsive and you got a 3.75 on boot, the Bootstrap test, to me. Now, again, I know, you and I know, these tests are kind of silly and they have obscure stuff and it's just, they're often weird. The client doesn't know that. This is a, it doesn't look good to have a 3.75. So don't show it. You know, it's that quote by Abraham Lincoln, better remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. That's kind of the, the principle here. So I would remove those until you can take them again and get a better score. I I mean, I would say a 4.5 at least or higher, you know, top 20, 10%, something like that would be better than just showing these as they are. So again, sometimes less is more. Uh, I'm going to skip the employment history and the education. That stuff is just kind of, you. I think you just put what it is. I don't think there's a, anything magic here, but under other experiences, so we have web programming, PSD to HTML, front-end development. This is another place where you can kind of tweak things in your favor. So instead of just listing what your other experiences are, instead maybe put PSD to HTML, and then you could list uh, a number of things that are are related to that experience. So for example, you could, you know, PSD to HTML. Maybe you worked with you know, maybe you worked with a, a client, like, for example, I could put my experience with working with Michael Hyatt. Again, I have that in my portfolio. I talk about it in my overview. But 
Maybe they didn't read that. Maybe they scroll down here and then they see it here and here's where they read it. So again, you want to just continue to add to your credibility as much as possible here instead of just listing stuff that you like you just you just list it and it's like, okay, well, I don't what does that mean? Like, okay, I get it, but it doesn't mean anything to me because you listed it. Like you, it's not believable. So instead, make it something or maybe I was at college and, you know, I worked on XYZ team that did PSD to HTML conversion for this, you know, I don't know, government uh, program or study or there maybe there was some nonprofit, I don't know, just anything that is related to the specific niche that you're targeting that was an experience that isn't necessarily a job or that isn't necessarily a client, but something that you did that is that helped you become an expert that adds to your expertise or your expert status in this if you have any of that stuff that would be much better than just listing it out here so your other experiences don't have to be what other skills do i have they could actually be little elements or stories of credibility that add to your expertise okay again just another place that you can add all sorts of uh, extra credibility that doesn't fit neatly into the other boxes all right, so hopefully <laughs> that gives you a better idea of exactly what I'm talking about. Again, the, the two big things here are really relevance in terms of relevance to a niche. So making everything in here, picking one of these to specialize in and making everything in here relevant to that. And then congruence, uh, congruent in when you say you're an expert, you have credibility to back that up. Your portfolio has a bunch of stuff in it that makes you look like an expert, etc. So uh, again, you just you really want to try and stand apart in a good way. What you have now, every every other profile on Upwork probably looks like this, ninety nine percent of them. So when you bid on a job or someone views your profile, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It it, it doesn't stand out. It doesn't. You just don't. There's nothing here that calls to me that says I have to hire this person. All right, so the last two things I'm going to talk about here, and they're last because uh, they can be a little bit more controversial. So the first one is your photo. Now, again, congruence, you saying you're an expert, that photo doesn't, doesn't sing or doesn't speak expert to me. What it, what it says to me is college student. That's what I, for me, that's the impression I get. That, that may be the wrong impression. Somebody else maybe get a different one, but that's what it says to me. So you, your again, your photo. My photos haven't always been great. You can see my photos, and they haven't always been great. But there's a certain kind of threshold of just looking like you're not a college student or living in your parents' basement or whatever, right? So you just it doesn't have to be perfect, but I think it could be a little bit better in terms of just a picture of your face with a, a decent background. It doesn't have to be anything super crazy. Okay. The second thing is what you're charging. So you're charging $7 an hour. Again, $7 an hour doesn't, doesn't scream expert to me. Now I know people get like, well, no, I can't get jobs at this higher rate, blah, blah, blah. If you fix your profile, you fix your photo, do everything that I've talked about here, position yourself as that specialist and that expert, 
you can't continue to charge $7. It just isn't going to work because it's not congruent. You you are you get to the point where you have to charge more. Okay? So, again, I would look at that, I mean, you know, 25 to start once you change your profile, something, but it can't be 7 because that doesn't scream expert to me. All right, the last thing that I'll show you here is I talked about specializing. A lot of people get on I want to make this last case for this. So people get on me about, well, if I specialize, is the market going to be big enough, etc. Well, let's take PSD to HTML. That actually seems like a fairly obscure thing to me. I haven't looked at all the numbers, but it just it's kind of a very specific kind of thing. I mean, I, I know for us actually doing it, it's not. But for people to actually search the term PSD to HTML... Like that's a kind of a very specific, that's a client that's in a very specific kind of mindset. So it's kind of a specific obscure thing to me, it seems like. But if you come over here to Upwork and you just search PSD to HTML, you have 856 jobs that were found. And one hour ago, one hour ago, two hours ago, two hours ago, two hours ago, three hours ago, three hours ago, four hours, I mean... How many posted within just the last few hours for that for that particular niche? So again, the mindset you have to take is not I need to appeal to this market and this market and this market, so I appeal to thirty thousand potential jobs. No, I need to appeal to the eight hundred and fifty six and get, you know, just ten percent. What if you got ten percent or one percent of those jobs? One percent would be like eight to nine jobs. If you got 1% of those, depending on what they pay, but 1% of those jobs in even a a day's time or a week's time or a month's time, whatever it is, you'll have more work than you know what to do with. Like eight, eight jobs in a month is a ton, depending on what exactly what it is. But I would think eight jobs in a month, no matter what you're doing, you're going to be kind of overworked. That's 1%. You have to get 1% of the, the jobs that are being posted. So again, you do not need to try to appeal to 30,000 people. You need to appeal to one small segment and try to position yourself as the top person in that one segment. If you can get people to see you as the PSD to HTML guy, you'll get all the work you could ever want. So again, Focus on specializing, not on trying to appeal to this broad breadth of, of people that you can't really appeal to because you're spread too thin, etc. All right. All right. That'll do it for this episode, breaking down this, this Upwork profile. Hopefully you got something out of it. As I said, I'm going to start doing these uh, only for uh, Patreon supporters. So if you want to have this done for your profile, you can become a supporting listener at johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. I also am here getting, I, what brought all this up for me is I'm working on the next Getting Paid to Code uh, episode that, again, is exclusively for Patreon supporters. And it's I'm going to walk through my process for getting jobs on Upwork. So I'm going to start the very beginning from searching, and I've... I've done videos where I talked about some of the stuff you do searching wise in order to 
to really narrow down and find the best jobs on Upwork. But I'm going to go through that all the way into how to pick out which ones and define which jobs are the best ones and would fit and, and how I think about that all the way into how then I would go and bid reading through the description, how I would go through and bid on a particular job. So I'm going to just go through the whole process of how I actually go through bidding on job jobs on Upwork. So you can see what that looks like, what the thinking is and kind of how to do that step by step. So that's going to be released on June 3rd. So that's what got me all thinking about this. But if you become a Patreon supporter, not only can you submit your profile and have me take a look at it and do a video for you, but you can also uh, get access to that course once it's re or that video once it's released on June 3rd. So again, all that's over at johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. You can learn all the details and join up there. All right. Thanks for watching. If you like this, be sure to like it, subscribe if you haven't, all that stuff. And we'll talk to you next time.